Hi, welcome to Through a Handler's Eyes. I'm Jo Hilda and I'll be interviewing assistance dog handlers Australia-wide. We won't be discussing legalities or training methods, just the journey of the human and their dog. Hello, and today I welcome assistance dog handler Diane and her dog Eloise. Diane's from Queensland and she is an owner-trainer. How are you today, Diane? Good morning, Jo. I'm great, thank you. It's great to have you here. When did you get your first assistance dog? Eloise is my first assistance dog and I got her in 2013. Okay, what influenced you in making that decision to have a dog as part of your um, medical health plan? My daughter, um, adult daughter at the time, was a psychologist, is still a psychologist, and uh, she said I needed a dog because my illness was so bad that I was not um, getting out of bed. So she said, Mum, you need a dog um, to give you a reason to get up in the morning. And uh, being me, I didn't know if I could handle that in terms of would I even love the dog because I was so unwell. And so from there, I thought, well, if I'm going to have a dog, I'll start to do a pros and cons. And then the discussion started about perhaps training this dog as an assistance dog if I were to get one. And that's how it all happened. Wow. Um, It's nice to have family to support you like that, to help you through those things. Tell me a bit about Eloise. Eloise will be eight in May. She's a golden retriever. Um, and I got her from a breeder who had bred successful guide dogs before. Um, by the time I was ready to, to make a purchase, I decided I would do the assistance dog route. Um, and so uh, this breeder was very reassuring in terms of her ability to choose a pup that would suit my needs, and we've been happy as pigs in mud ever since. Oh, that's good. And what breed is she? She's Golden Retriever. What made you decide on that breed? Originally, I was looking for a Great Dane, um, as my dream dog was a Great Dane at that time. Um, And then I realised, well, from an assistance perspective, I'll draw too much attention to myself with a Great Dane. Um, And then uh, Golden Retriever was just fluffy and lovely. So I didn't have any concept that they were better at being uh, assistance dogs or anything like that. I just really liked the look, I guess, and I felt that fur would be really comforting. Yeah, and you didn't need mobility assistance? No. So a large dog, a big, big dog was not a necessity? No, that's right. Okay. So tell us about your journey with Eloise. Mm. Um, When you picked her up, how old was she? She was eight weeks old when I picked her up. Before I decided on which dog to purchase, I'd started researching. um, I have PTSD. So I started researching PTSD and um, assistance dogs and came across a research article from the United States. And there was an email address at the bottom of it. So being me, I sent them an email. (laughs) Yeah. And they responded almost immediately. Um, And we were able to have a conversation about what I should do because in 2013, there was no. owner trainer programs that you could really participate in and that lady said to me you bring her home as early as you can after eight weeks and uh, uh, pop her in your bed and she'll learn what she needs to do Um, and true to her words and I've stayed in contact with this research professor from the veterans um, 
hospital over there in America. Yeah. Um, yeah, she learned how to intervene uh, in terms of my nightmares, panic attacks um, and dissociation. So she sorted it all out for herself. And then we embarked on um, obedience training. So I just did everything that I could in terms of um, obedience classes and, and various um opportunities that came up to go away even for five days I went from Queensland to Victoria and did a five-day course um, and each of those things just built on our relationship so um, I have had a wonderful experience teaching her. Well that's lovely and um, so you've had her for all this time now um, is there anything about does she have any quirkiness or anything like that? Tell us about her personality a bit. Oh, she's a big goofball. Uh, she's very loving and a really big goofball. She's the typical retriever who loves to go and grab a toy and bring it to you when you come home or when you've come inside or wherever. Uh, she's always greeting um, our visitors uh, in that same context. She's very, very gentle and uh, loves children. Uh, loves people and she's just a big fluffy bundle of love uh, so her personality is really really sweet is probably the best word but yeah. when she's being a dog she's a typical retriever she loves to tug she loves to dig she loves to swim she loves all of the normal stuff and what do you guys do for recreation like do you do, do you take her to the beach and things Absolutely. like that yeah. yeah she loves the beach and uh she lo- because you can dig and swim, so they're two of her favourite things to do. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we do. We go out on, on, on walks. We go uh, to the beach as often as po- possible. Um, and she's with me everywhere I go, even just as my dog, just as a, a, a companion in terms of when I'm visiting family or, yeah. or go- going places in general. Um, if it's pet friendly, then I take her. I only take her out to work with me when I'm not well, which unfortunately is a lot of the time. But if I'm feeling well and I can manage on my own, then I give her the day off, so to speak. Yes, yes, I, I understand that. Um, now, how did your family, uh, obviously your daughter was um, encouraging, how did the rest of your family and friends react to you now um, being mm. constantly uh, accompanied by a dog? Mm. Um They've been very accepting. Uh, my family are supportive no matter what. Um, that's just the gist of our family. But my friends, etc., have been very um, accepting of the situation that I would um, say no to going somewhere if it wasn't somewhere that was fair to take Eloise as an example. So if uh, she wasn't going to be comfortable and I wasn't going to, to be able to take her and I was unwell, then we would just refuse um, that invitation um, in at both of our best interests. Yeah. Um, and people have been been really good about that. At the beginning, it was an unknown. You had to to be be um, in need of a, an, a seeing or hearing dog before it was acceptable for you to have a dog. Um, it was very, it feel, feels like decades ago, even though it was only eight years. But, um, it, you know, it grew in, in popularity and then, yeah. you know, more people did. Yeah, yeah. I think it has been. It's been legal uh, since the nineties, but mm. people aren't aware as they are of uh, guide dogs or hearing dogs, right? Um, and so they still today you will have. I you know, know of a guide dog 
a guide dog team that has been refused access. Oh, truly. So, That's yeah, horrible. so there are people that still don't understand what the laws and that are surrounding them. But and and your friends are happy for you to take her to their home and stuff like that. Everybody knows we're a team, um, so yes, they are. They're very um, open, homed, open armed uh, about Eloise. And uh, tomorrow will be the six month birthday of uh, the. I have a dog to replace Eloise in a working capacity. Yeah, um, another golden retriever, and so she's just. Uh, being socialised currently, um, but she's my assistance dog in training. So um, we're, a, we're a threesome now, not just a couple. So people understand that where I go, they go. That's that's lovely. Um, I have three questions that I ask mm-hmm. everyone. Um, what piece of advice do you wish someone had given you when you first started, when your daughter first suggested to you, you yeah. get a dog? Mm-hmm. What was the biggest thing you wished you had known then? I wish I had known that it was okay to let people not get down and play with her, but certainly when I'm well, I allow people to interact with her. And, mm. in fact, she sometimes chooses people that she wants to meet. She doesn't do it if I'm not not good, but she can tell. And so she, I'll see her. She'll spot somebody from a distance and she'll start to do a big helicopter tail. And, and if that person responds to her, I allow them to meet. Yeah. Um, and that was very discouraged in the beginning and I kept it to myself and I felt guilty for it. Um, and since then I've had different um, reinforcements in terms of people saying that it's up to you if yes. you want your dog to meet somebody, yeah. um, then that's okay. And I always explained and used it as an opportunity to um, explain about her being a psychiatric assistance dog. Yeah. Um, and they all, I have not met one person that didn't have a story about someone whose dog had helped them in some some form of, uh, you know, mental health issue. They all knew somebody. And Absolutely. it was just great to relate on that regard. Mm. Yeah. I had the same issue at the beginning, but I realised that my boys have I have one retired dog and and my current dog yes. and my boys my condition isn't life threatening I have mobility right. issues mm-hmm. so it's okay if their attention is distracted from me That's for right. half a second yes but I do explain to people that you know there are uh, seizure alert dogs and diabetic alert dogs yes. that, that you cannot talk to That's because right. as soon as they're distracted for half a second, it could be life-threatening. It's yes, not, exactly. It's not a matter of the person being horrible. It's no. The dog is their lifesaver. Absolutely. So, but, yeah, I and my boys both have a permission cue, like you can go and yes. say hello. Yes, yes. Um, and they'll look at me, but they won't. Uh, the older ones now retired, but they'll mm. look at me but they won't move until I say, okay, you can say hello now. Yes, same. So, um, <laughs> yeah, she's the same, is she? Yeah, that's, she's the that's same. That's great because yeah. I, isn't it amazing too when you have things happen, like we were out, uh, my dog Rory, his his kryptonite is small children because I have seven right. grandchildren. And, right. And, um, so he's around little kids a fair bit. And I went to the hairdresser and there were three toddlers just running around the hairdressers the other day and I thought, oh, no, this is not going to work. He's going to be up and down, up and down, up and down. (laughs) 
And he did not, and he did not do anything until I said, okay, you can say hello to this little one now. And, uh, you know, your heart swells and you think, oh, my goodness, all that training we've done, it does. (laughs) Because it doesn't happen every day. He's three, but he's not had that experience before, so it made me feel so good. Um, Do you have things like that when you're out and about? All the time, all the time, just really special moments where I think, um, it looks so easy right now what's happening, the interaction and the, the, the way she waits for permission. Yeah. It looks like it's just so easy and yet I think, wow, I've put so much of myself and my time and it's a big part of our relationship is our training. Yeah. Um, and But I do feel like this is when it all comes back to me. I get it all back in bucketfuls. Oh, and that's I great. I feeling proud, yeah. Yeah, and, and um, people don't realise um, even if you're not an owner-trainer, excuse me, training is ongoing forever. Forever and ever and and ever. And you work every day, even if it's only, you know, just reinforcing manners around the house and and doing all of that stuff. You are working every day. You make it fun, otherwise it's a chore. Yes. But people don't understand. I've had people, and I wonder if you have too, say to me, I wish I could take my dog everywhere with me. And I just look at them and say, no, you don't. First of all, I have an illness you really don't want. Yes. And second of all, it's like taking a toddler anywhere. I've got a bag with, you know, extra food and bowls and and I clean up have, stuff and yeah, yeah, I have baby wipes in my yes. handbag because you know if if I give him a treat and I want to eat something, I'll I'll disinfect my hands. Yes, I mean, I'm absolutely. not precious, but when I'm out in public, I like to think yes. you know, people need to see that you do these. Things. Yes, yes. Um. So yeah, it's not it's not as easy as everyone seems to imagine. No, no, it? it really isn't. But I appreciate that it looks easy, yes. and I I really do. In terms of things that um, people, if they knew at the beginning, um, I just wish that they would look forward to all of that training because it's just they're beautiful moments. And we do courses as often as we can. Yes, she knows all the material, but it's good for me to get out and be amongst other dog owners and and for us to actually go through. And you're always learning something. Oh, and it's um, good for your brain. Right. I mean, I'm so I'm a qualified trainer, but I do ongoing courses all the time. Yes. Um, not just for professional development, which with some of the um, uh, bodies I'm with, I have to do a certain yes. amount, but I love to learn. And Absolutely. there's something new to learn every day of your life, isn't there? Absolutely. And it's it's also similar in terms of something or the, or the viewpoint on on. Uh, different aspects of training changes with science. I mean, what we know about dogs from science now is just phenomenal um, and genetics and all sorts of things. I just think it's wonderful to be a part of an industry by default um, that is so progressive and it's just wonderful. When I see uh, now the the occasions where Eloise has chosen someone to meet and they've met and I remember one elderly gentleman and he just looked up at me with his little glassy eyes and he said, you don't know how much I needed that. Yeah. And I said, oh, I don't have to because she does. Yeah. And he gave her another little little sweet touch and then he just said, thank you so much. And um, that was magic moment. That was the human-animal bond in action, you know, and it's just a wonderful thing. It is. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah, and, it really is. And dogs are fascinating and dog so, behaviour and the way they yes. think. And yes. I just, I am a, I don't read 
so much, but I listen to audiobooks. I, I drive mm. into Brisbane every fortnight, which is a 90-minute drive. Yes. And so I, you know, three hours of audiobooks at least once a fortnight. And Wonderful. it's just a fascinating, fascinating thing. You know, if, if anyone's interested, I think they should go out and look at dog behaviour. I did mm. um, psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't quite finish my degree, but as I'm learning, I'm thinking, I know this already. I learned this already. Yes. I, did this. I know this. I know this. Yes. And it just shows you that the similarities between us, which Absolutely. is, is just wonderful. Even the critical periods and fear periods that dogs experience, you know, that whole attachment at, at the earliest stage, all of these things are replicated in from humans. Um, Absolutely. Their central nervous system is the same. So when they get a yep. fright, they have a fight, fight or freeze. You know, it's yep. just amazing. So I think if people it's- understood that, they would be enthralled and um, it would yep. just help them in their relationship so much, even pet dogs. Absolutely. Not, not that's specific. My- no, my my focus is always relationship. Yes. Um, oh, I do nice do some to hear, pet yeah. dog classes, but I help assistance dog trainers too. And I just, that's the key thing. I say if you have a good relationship, everything else will come because you'll Absolutely. understand each other. Yes. Okay, yeah. so what has, we got off tangent there for a second. Um, what has been your biggest yeah. challenge in this My time? biggest challenge? Yep. Um, gee whiz. Uh, there's probably been many challenges, but I'm not entirely sure that I could pull one out. Um, uh, I guess uh, just trying to make Eloise small at times. She's a big girl, um, mm. like she's a full-grown retriever, and there are times where I, I can feel that it would be better if she were an oodle of some description in terms yeah. of her compact size. But I've uh, learned how to adapt to that tucking her tail and things like that um I've never been challenged in public um spaces so I feel really grateful for that as I know it happens um but I've never been challenged in public about whether or not I can have access to a space um I don't know why (laughs) uh but it's just been a really really good uh recognition for me in terms of Okay, if I, I guess it, maybe it's a confidence thing. I know that the the uh, as you're aware in Queensland with GAD, you know, if you have a GAD badge on, there it frequently does bridge that gap because it's yeah. recognisable. So I, I put it down to that largely. Oh, I think too that retrievers and Labradors are mm. a recognised. Mm. Um, assistance dog breed. I agree, um, and a lot of others aren't yes especially if you have a dog like a staffy or something right and I know someone who has a staffy they it's perfect for her yes that that's dog is absolutely the only dog she could ever have you know what I mean like it just works for her yeah but I think people look at Labradors I have a Labradoodle Mm -hmm. um and he's a a standard so he's probably the same size as Eloise yes and um I think that like if they see a staffy, they think pit bull or something. Yes, so yeah. they have that visceral reaction, yes. which is sad because it is sad. every breed of dog, individuals in every breed of dog would probably be perfectly well suited for this. I breed. agree. I agree. Yeah. And I've seen many different dogs. It's nice to see a lot of greyhounds now too yes, becoming, yes. you know, where they are an unknown quantity. You know, people just don't have a, a, a 
a perception of whether or not they'd be good or bad, but um, you know, they're gorgeous animals, and every, I agree, oh, every animal, yeah, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I've met okay. many great staffies. Yes, yeah, um, I know a very wide range of breeds um, yes. that are assistance dogs, and that all do a marvelous job. Mm. Um, some individual dogs in that breed would maybe not be so good, but I think. Um, dogs are like humans in that yes. they're a dog and mm-hmm. if you learn how to, to communicate with them, then you can get the best from them and they can get the best from you then. And they love um, it. Yes. Oh, yeah. We were doing some training this morning and, oh, my goodness, I thought he was going to fly. He was that excited. Yes. Um, what is the best thing about having Eloise? I'm never alone, ever, ever, ever. Um, she's there for me all the time um and uh, certainly when my my illness is cyclic somewhat in nature so it it comes and goes uh good times bad times take them all um but her interventions are remarkable um when she was 14 weeks old she started licking my nose during nightmares to wake me and Mm -hmm. initially I was like what are you doing um and then it took a few more nightmares for me to realize oh she's waking me yeah. Um, and, you know, she, she would nudge me out of dissociation. So the fact that she learnt that stuff herself um, and, uh, you know, I've been able to teach her other interventions and tasks as we've progressed. But yeah. just that that fact that she knows me that well, she knows me better than I know myself. And whenever I'm anxious, I can look at her and it's automatic now um, that I can see that she's not distressed about anything so there's nothing for me to be concerned about. So that biofeedback has been invaluable to me. Oh, yes. So I noticed Eloise has her own Facebook page. So yes, she I, does. Will, I will put that in our show notes. Lovely. Um, thank you so much for chatting with me thank today. You, I really appreciate your time. Uh, thank it's you. been a pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you've got any questions or you would like to be a guest, email me at eyes at gmail.com. Bye. <laughs>